It's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Let's go. It's the Plank Show. And as soon as I get back to town, I'm sent right back on the road. But, but in, in, in fairness, this is a much shorter drive for your boy. I am at Riverwind Casino today. Riverwind Casino. Uh, the Coop Aleworks Bedlam Series Beats and Bites Festival is back. And it's a pretty, pretty awesome lineup. You've got Blue, Oy- uh, Blue Oyster Colt and 38 Special. Um, that's coming up May 27th. Gary Allen is coming here. I think I'll be here for that. Uh, and Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum in what I like to call on June 10th the Plank College Tour. Now, we'll see if we can talk them into changing that. But uh, Beats and Bites is back, and you can get tickets here in person. Plus, Cupid's Mad Dash for Cash, which not a bad place to take a Valentine's Day. Come to Riverwind Casino. Um, I, I am very sorry, Josh, that my – my flight on Monday uh, did not allow me to join in on the celebration yesterday. I feel terrible that I wasn't here and, and left you and Connor to roll, so you wouldn't have your celebratory high fives and hugs from I'm sure all of the all of the Bronco and Colts fans and Cowboy fans had wanted to congratulate you yesterday in in the studio, right? Oh right. yeah, it, it was a big party. Pretty pretty much everybody at the the ref studios, everybody at the text line. I think everybody got what they wanted, a Chiefs uh, coronation. How you feeling, man? Are you still on? You're going to be on cloud nine for a while, and you should be. Oh, I, are you kidding me? I'm over the moon, baby. Over the moon. Mission accomplished. You got you to gotta let me know at some point today, like how you watch. Did you just watch with your girl by yourself? Did you go to a watch party? Was it a family event? It was, so I went to a family event, and okay. you can tell today, I was fine yesterday, but today the hooting and hollering and screaming and yelling, <laughs> I think it's caught up with me a little bit today, but uh, I watched at Moms and Dads with uh, with my brother and my girlfriend, so it was, you know, to, to share that with my mom and dad was, was pretty cool. I didn't do that in the past, but in this go-around, I did, and, and that was pretty neat. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's like, uh, you know, I got a chance to watch a football game with my dad for the first time in like 30 years. It's really cool when you get to sit and experience these types of events with your family. See, I wouldn't know what it's like to watch my football team win a championship, seeing that they haven't even played for one in 20 years, make it 21 now. And uh, I was eight. I was eight, Josh, when they won their first Super Bowl. All of my kids are now older than I was the last time the Raiders won a Super Bowl. But this isn't about me, bro. This is about you this week. I'm so happy. We have, we've reached out to try to get Creed and James on the show. We'll see if we can make it happen. Orlando as well. Uh, it may not happen until later this week. What, is the parade today or is it tomorrow? Parade is tomorrow. Okay, that's what I – because Pat Mahomes is – what did he say? He, did he really try to drink 100 beers after the Super Bowl? <laughs> I hope oh, not. Oh, is that a joke? I hope I mean, not okay. for his sake. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, man. I don't know what more can be said about that. 
to me, it is a dynasty. It's it's a dynastic situation. It really, truly is. And you might say we're lowering, lowering the standards of dynasties, but whatever I can do to try to curse this thing and end it, let's call it a dynasty. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, you're talking about a guy that's been a starter for five years, five seasons. He's won two Super Bowls, been to it three times, and the, the, the floor, the absolute basement, has been hosting the AFC Championship game. And if D4 doesn't jump off sides like a dummy, then we might not might, we might be talking about three Super Bowl titles. And by the way, in that, what wouldn't that be? No, 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 no. Because uh, it, it wouldn't be two of the last five were Chiefs and Eagles. Because that was the year that the Rams ended up making the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Whenever Correct. the Patriots won it. Okay, sorry. I was like, whoa, we really got something going on then. Um. But I'm just, dude. I'm in. I'm in so much awe. I'm. I'm hoping that Andy Reid retires. Um, I'm hoping that child, uh, that being a dad is just so much to Patrick Mahomes that he doesn't think he can put his body through this anymore, and he retires. Um, but more than anything else, I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe of how this could be that good this quickly, this consistently. You move on from arguably one of the most re- explosive receivers in the NFL, and you're better as a quarterback. <sighs> Tell me how that makes sense. Look what happened when Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams, for goodness sakes. So it's just it's amazing, dude. And it's got to feel good because, you know, to me, Brett Veach isn't getting caught up in in it. He's still doing things like drafting linemen and not getting stupid in free agency. And they're doing – you know, it pains me to say this, right? The indigestion is high. For that entire franchise, what are they doing? Really smart things right now. Like Kadarius Tony, really smart move. Low risk, high reward. Juju Smith Schuster, low risk, high reward. And I'm just talking about receivers. I mean, it's all over the defensive side of the football. Ugh. And Andy Reid's not going anywhere, by the way. I think I honestly think, Josh, the Andy Reid retirement rumors, I think they were they were thrown out there by wishful thinkers more than anything else, right? I think they came out of Denver and Las Vegas. <laughs> and, and, and I would say Los Angeles, but like the Chargers care about football. So um, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Plank Show. So in, any anything else that I need to be recapped on? Is there any controversies that arose from yesterday's show? Did Connor say something that we need to apologize for? <laughs> no. Um, he, are we good? He was right. well-behaved. We're, we're all all clear. <laughs> Listen, uh, we at the Plank Show have a, a, a standard of family not working blue. That Connor Pasby sometimes, man. He can just – we're sorry. No, okay, that's good. Did you have a good Monday night? Did the Does this, does this celebrate – how do you celebrate a Super Bowl championship? Like, I don't think I would ever stop if the Raiders won the Super Bowl. Like, what do you do? How do you get back to earth? Well, I, I will tell you, I, I couldn't fall asleep after the Super Bowl. So I was oh, no. I was a little groggy yesterday. But, uh, you know, just consuming every last morsel of video or written content. Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT, on and on and on. Is he the mm. next Tom Brady? Many think pieces have been in my uh, past two days. <laughs> What? Okay, okay. Before I'm, sorry, I'm moving on. I'm, I'm getting this here, but I just I want to. Re- I haven't even had Josh and I have traded text. This is truly the first time that we've talked this whole weekend. Um, has there been one piece that when you saw it and you read it, you were like, "This guy gets it," or one that really frustrated you or disappointed you? I mean, what was the one that really resonated with you 
for the think pieces. I thought Dan Graziano had a really good piece on ESPN just uh, about is Mahomes, will Mahomes be on a Tom Brady-esque arc and comparing right. the two. And, and look, that's that's lofty air, and people right now say, ah, but stop it. He Talk to me when he's got seven. Well, he's got two now, and he's not started a lot of seasons and, oh, by the way, Kansas City just proved they can do it without Tyreek Hill and they can retool this thing and no Andy Reid's not going anywhere. He, I mean, he basically said as much before the game and after the game. So he's going to have chances to continue to stack championships. So he uh, he showed he showed a lot, I think, in this championship run that he's built for the long haul to continue to do this. Right. Exactly. Makes me so mad. But, I, I mean, it's the first thing I tweeted after the game, Josh. I don't know what more you can say. I don't know what more he needs to do. I mean, just look at the five seasons. AFC Championship game, best team in the NFL, one seed. Look at year two, um, Super Bowl, win it. If this is as a starter. I know it's year three in the league, but he kind of had that redshirt season, if you will, when he only played in the Broncos game. Year two, Super Bowl, won it. What, they were the one seed that year too, right? Third year, go back to the Super Bowl. Get beat, but you're Super Bowl runner-up. Last year, two seed, but host the AFC Championship game. And if it's not for one of the more odd second halves that we've ever seen, right? They're just weird, right? They had control of that game and weird. And then Super Bowl champs again. The guy is unbelievable and to me for me Patrick Mahomes the guy very likable now that's not a conversation involving his his wife or his brother who I guess is is trying to do everything he can to get himself canceled right now but two-time MVP two-time Super Bowl MVP 11 and what three in the playoffs is that right and one of those losses is in the Super Bowl Four Dude. four double figure comebacks now. Patrick Mahomes is eight, one and one ATS when an underdog. So his winning percentage when trailing by ten or more is absurd. I want to say it's like fifty six percent. And the next closest is Tom Brady at thirty seven percent. I mean, he's just. I know it gets tiresome and people are sick of it that aren't Chiefs fans, but we're witnessing greatness. It's sure. It's crazy what this guy is doing. You know, can, can I add one more thing since we're on this? And KJ Kindler's coming up next. We're going to call her with me on remote. We'll get her in coming up next. But who's the greatest chief of all time? Derek Thomas? Absolutely. Okay. Who's the greatest quarterback in Chiefs history? I mean, right? Lynn Dawson. Right, exactly. you got to go back a ways. You're doing it at a franchise that hasn't had that guy since Super Bowl, like, one, two, and three. And even at that point, you know, Lynn Dawson was great, but it, it, I'm not trying to get too dramatic. I'm not going to pretend like I was doing sports radio when Lynn Dawson was playing, but I don't necessarily know if he was the transcendent guy in the league at that time. It Again, wasn't Unitas. No, no. It wasn't right. Johnny Unitas at the time. It was Lynn Dawson. Uh, you had a franchise that for the longest time, you know, if they drafted a quarterback, it didn't work out. 
if they brought in a, a free agent, it was usually a former Niner. What was the run? <laughs> right. It went from Montana to Bono to Gerback. Was there a Steve Puller in there somewhere? You know, they they were always searching for that next quarterback, and 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 that process brought. Someone said Joe Montana. Yeah, but I mean Montana was. He did lead them to what the cusp of the AFC Championship game, right? They were uh, that was their last playoff win with Montana at quarterback. If that gives you any indication, but does anyone think about the Chiefs when they talk about Joe Montana? No, they think about the 49ers. Um, so to, my my point is a franchise that had been looking for so Alex Smith comes in and is a nice, perfect fit. He's a uh, like Derek Carr, right? Good game management, uh, good game management. <laughs> 5808 goes, Blake Bell may even be a top 10 quarterback all time in Kansas City. My point is not to demean, it's just to say it wasn't all that sexy. Now all of a sudden you have not just a guy that has done it five years in a row, but maybe, for lack of a better adjective, the sexiest thing going right now in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, maybe even rewriting the way the game is played. Because what is everyone looking for now, Josh? They're looking for their Patrick Mahomes. I mean... People are talking about Anthony Richardson going in the first round of the draft, for goodness sakes, because of the Mahomes perceived Mahomes, Mahomes-like quality. Can, can I ask one more question before we move on past this? Yes, you may. Is there any part of you, any part, Josh Helmer, you avenge someone being pretty good, but I'm going back to during his time at Tech, that you could have envisioned this for Patrick Mahomes? Oh, I, I think you daydream when he's drafted that right by your team. Yep, that you you traded up and oh man, we we finally got our quarterback. But to think that, to, in general, as a sports fan, I didn't think I'd see the Royals win a World Series in my life. I hoped I would, and growing up and watching the Steelers win as much as they did, and all these different franchises. It never in my wildest dreams did I yeah. think that Patrick Mahomes was going to be the best player on planet Earth. No. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So he- here we go. Super Bowl now in the rear view, which means, Josh, what is it? It's the off season of football officially. Officially. Now we've got XFL and USFL that we're going to try to get involved in, especially with Coach Stoops, uh, our co-worker, right? I mean, come on. Our cohort here at the Ref Sports Radio Network. You hear him on with Teddy and Tyler. So we're going to be into the XFL and the USFL, but we've got to go all in on football offseason storylines, which we'll do coming up here in just a bit. But when we come back, K.J. Kindler is slated to join us, the head coach of the women's gymnastics team that stayed undefeated this past weekend. Uh, 10 a.m. softball fans, let's make a date. Join me at 10 a.m. this morning. We'll recap what we learned in our big takeaways from the weekend that was. I got a a little bit of Coach Gasso audio I want to share from our pregame conversations that uh, I think was really good in describing how things went uh, went down this weekend. And um, we got OU Kansas State tonight. So it is a massive night in the world of college basketball. But before we grab our initial timeout, I just wanted to say in, in the most – you know, caring and concerning way I can. Thoughts and prayers to those in at Michigan State in East Lansing. What a heart-wrenching gut punch to watch that play out last night. I, I, I know that there may be family who's trying to follow along to see how their son, daughter, uh, cousin, nephew, niece, whomever, is doing scary situation 
incredibly jarring video, but as that has come to you know a, a, an end, a tragic end, we'll continue to keep you up to date on any information we find out here this morning on the ref. With that, we'll take our first time out of the Plank Show. Ooh, I like this spicy start to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, the 918 writes, you guys are already talking like Mahomes is the GOAT. It's tiresome, way premature and ridiculous. He helped win two Super Bowls. Maybe he should equal Bradshaw and Montana before even starting to compare that guy to someone that's won seven Super Bowls. Okay, um, well, are you guys fans of, like, elections in, in politics and things of that nature? So I'm listening to this podcast about the 2000 election. This is what made me think of this. And they always, what do they do? They project. They project on polling data. They project on, you know, things that they, they, they've studied and looked into and, and a lot of population studies. Yeah, they, a lot. There's a lot that goes into projecting things. I feel like in sports, we don't usually have that. Right? We throw it off the wall and see if it sticks. And I agree with you 100%. It becomes tiresome. But if I'm extrapolating my polling data and using stats and facts through five seasons, five years as a starter, Patrick Mahomes already has two Super Bowl rings, which as far as a starter would equal Joe Montana in his first five years. And in fact... The third season that Montana had as a starter, he didn't even start the season, right? He got a, he was a little dinged up. Niner fans might have to help me out in 1982. So if you use that data, you extrapolate, you look forward, you feel pretty good about projecting that. Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw, another good example. Same thing. In his first five years as a starter, two Super Bowls. But, again, wasn't always the starter, wasn't always the guy, dipped in and out. It had injuries. I'm just, I get what you're saying, because I'm usually the first person to push back against it. But in this instant, in this situation, things are looking like it's headed towards that direction. I'm not calling him the GOAT yet. He's in the conversation. But if you don't use what's already happened to think about what can happen, then you would, like like polling, you would kind of push that out to say, this dude is going to do some special things. More, more, more texts like that coming up. But right now, Air Comfort Solutions text line. On a Tuesday, we say hello to our regular Tuesday guest. We start the show with K.J. Kindler. Coach, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for jo- uh, joining us. What a performance by this team on Saturday tonight, huh? What's uh, what's kind of been the fallout and your reaction since Saturday? Um, really, it was, it was actually an incredible meet and a really good position for us to find ourselves in. We were... We were actually having a, a good meet, maybe not our greatest ever, but very clean, hitting routines, and it was an absolute battle with Alabama all the way down to the last rotation. And going into floor, uh, we were behind by a very small margin, so we knew that we had to fight pretty hard on floor. So I was super pumped, actually, to be in that position and to see them fight back and um, it was it was a good meet. It was the energy was amazing in the building. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I, I'm sure you have expectations of how things are going to go, and then the reality of it. So, um, expectations just for the event itself, because this has become a, a, a pretty regular stop on the regular season tour. Unlike why well, you open the season in a first time event, coach. This event in Fort Worth, it's kind of become a regular stop stop in women's gym. Oh, yeah, it has, and it's on podium, which is always 
um, a great advantage to have. And then the competition was incredible with Alabama, Arkansas, and Stanford. And the crowd was well over 7,000, which mostly were um, young gymnasts that were competing that weekend and their families. And uh, everybody came out. It was, it was so loud in there. It was crazy. Um, so a lot of great distractions for us to work through. A lot of um, There were a lot of Sooner fans in the stands, I will have to say. Um, a lot of people who were cheering us on. So that was fun, too. Um, you know what? I was, I was just pulling it up here while we were talking. I hadn't even had a chance to truly go in-depth on kind of the, the final stat sheet. But was there, was there really anything that truly kind of caught your eye or jumped out at you from Saturday night for your individuals? Well, yeah, on vault, Audrey Davis finally stuck her vault for the first time this year. Now she was the only one we had stick vault, and we're always going to, we're always going for three. But she, um, she was the anchor, so that was really needed, and that was her first one of the year. So that was great to see. Um, we saw Faith Torres get a ten from one of the judges on bars, which that's that's a big compliment to her because that's probably not her forte that that event. Um, she has to work really hard to get where she's at, and and so definitely seeing some rewards there for her hard work in the gym. Um, Audrey Davis did the most beautiful bar routine, as always, and gets slighted on that 10 every time. So um, bars, was, bars was a great event for us, and then being very steady, but we only stuck two dismounts, which, again, this is just this was a game of 10 that night and right. so every tenth was needed so that's definitely an area we need to focus in on but on the beam on podium and the music was i mean it was so loud i couldn't even hear myself think so i loved how they handled that that moment um and then going into floor bouncing off last week which floor was definitely um definitely an issue for us we had some out of bounds the week before so we definitely wanted to bounce back from that uh, I would say one of the best floor performances of the year, and Audrey Davis starting us on floor um, hasn't competed for about four meets on floor, so that was really exciting to see and started us off with a 9-9, which is hugely important. Um, yeah, so overall, really a, a good meet for us. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, we got the official word last week about 2024 being the start of SEC play. And, Coach, not to completely take us down a side road, and I know this weekend was in Fort Worth, but to see two future SEC opponents in Alabama and Arkansas. Uh, you've gone on the road to see the crowds in Baton Rouge, to have seen the crowds in Tuscaloosa. Do you think everyone's starting to get a sense of what it's going to take whenever you guys step up and, and we start playing in the SEC? Do, do you notice fans, administrators, support staff realizing, hey, we're stepping up to another level. I think everybody understands uh, the urgency of the situation. And I hope Sooner fans are starting to understand that these fans travel everywhere. They fill their arenas. They don't just, they don't just come out and, and get halfway there. They're all the way there. Arkansas is putting up 11,000-person crowds for women's gymnastics. We already know LSU is putting 12, 12, 5 in their arena. Alabama had 13,000 last week. I mean, this is um, a conference that comes out to support all their athletics. I know women's gymnastics because that's what I know, and I can see that there um, is a little bit of a disparity, and we really have to, you know, kick it up a notch. It, it's going to be important. When we go on the road and we, you know, the place is filled with 11,000 people, that's tough road 
uh, environment to be in. And a lot of times those SEC teams, they just beat each other up because it is a hard environment every time you're on the road. So we need to provide that same environment to all of them when they come to Norman. <laughs> you know, they need to see that exact same uh, environment. So I think that the administration 100% understands the urgency. I hope Sooner fans do too. And uh, that that's not the only area, of course. There's a lot of things that, that we need to kind of bump up support in, and, and we are tackling those things. And, and I know the administration is uh, – has a strategic plan on what comes next, and we're definitely going to put ourselves in a position to be successful in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, and let's add to it, KJ. What do we see in a lot on highlights? Now, if, if you're just a sports center, a sports fan, and that's all you watch, constantly there's a gymnastics perfect 10, and what do you see in the background of that? Crazy crowds, they're showing the highlights. <laughs> it's really cool to see this sport continue to grow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, honestly, Maybe it's like we were the best kept secret ever, and now the secret's out. So <laughs> everybody um, is coming out. You do. You see. You see that in the background. There's not a. There's not an open seat in those arenas. So it's really cool, and it's great to be on ESPN and to see that kind of um, attention given to women's gymnastics. But I think we're also going to be seeing them on ABC. Like we're we're coming. <laughs> That's awesome, Coach. Before I let you go, this Sunday you're down in Denton. It's always wild because you, uh, when you're traveling down I-35, which so many of us do for events, there's that, uh, there's that exit that uh, for TWU, and you're like, huh, that's unique. But they've got one heck of a gymnastics program, and it's uh, become a regular thing for you guys to go down there and challenge yourself. What can we expect on Sunday? Yeah, you know, we're going to be shuffling some lineups. Uh, we only have three opportunities for exhibitions left this year. So that means I only have the opportunity to get a few more people out to get experience so that in the postseason we know we know what to do, really. Um, these women work really hard. Some of them haven't had as much opportunity. I think we're going to definitely see some shuffling in the lineup for TWU to give some people opportunity. Um, we love going there because the arena is very small, but it is always packed to the ceiling, and our Sooner fans come out. It's it's really a great environment to be in, um, and and I do love to support that smaller school. It's it's important. They come here every other year as well, um, and they are they've been national champions several times in Division Two. So that's awesome, Coach. Can't wait to see you back in studio next Tuesday. Um, best of luck in practice this week, and we'll be promoting up a big home meet coming up next Tuesday against West Virginia. Can't wait. Thank you. See you, Coach. Was she mad at me? Was she mad that we called her late? I didn't want to bring it up on the air because if she's really mad, then she'll be really, really mad. I think she was okay. Um, We'll take a break. You didn't answer, so that scares me even more. <laughs> no, she she was fine. She uh, okay. She was congratulatory uh, on the uh, Chiefs, actually. So we had a, we had a nice little 30-second, 45-second conversation awesome. before she – Jumped on the air, so nah, she's she's good. Uh, all right, quick break. Um, question before we go to break. Question before we go to break. How much over-the-air conversation, I, I'm sure this seemed like the type of thing that would make the rush uh, for a day or two, but how how big of a day, oh, pointer, how big of a day was it yesterday for the Barry Switzer story involving his concerns about OU and the SEC? It's been talked about a lot. 
Because when I first thought, when I first saw it, I thought I was being trolled. I didn't realize that it was like legit and real. Right. And, and again, it, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but has it been a big topic? Can, can we get into it next? Is everyone tired of it? Have we already talked it through? Well, with many topics, I'm sure there's a handful that yes, right. they're over it. But I, I didn't see it. Until okay, we good. went off the air yesterday, so I didn't talk about it at all. I don't know if was the story out before uh, we Maybe it we finished up our show, but yeah, I'm I'm like you. I was Le- okay. floored by it. Well, let's get into it next. And what's what's wild? Well, let's just listen. No need to tease it. We're going to talk about it next. The Plank Show's on the road. We're at Riverwind Casino for Cupid's Mad Dash for Cash, which is coming up February 25th. They have the uh, from noon to five, they'll have $500 cash preliminary giveaways, three winners every 30 minutes, and the grand prize winner will take home $2,500. Two winners for $2,500. And the uh, Beats and Bites concert series, the Bedlam series Beats and Bites concert series is back. Blue Oyster Colt on May 27th. It's Plank Show right here on The Wrap. All right, welcome back into The Plank Show. Let, let's hit this real quick. Break on time, and let's give – I see USC Brian is hanging in there, who uh, I, I think it would be safe to say has made his triumphant return to sports radio here in Oklahoma. To some of you, popular not guy. fans, very popular guy. <laughs> um, so, Brian, hang in there. And uh, also, you guys can help us out at 888-405-329-9000. 405-329-9000. That is – the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, where May 27th, mark it down, Blue Oyster Colt and 38 Special are coming to town. It's all part of the Beats and Bites Festival. Coop Works presents it. It's the Bedlam Series, $10 general admission. Get your tickets now at riverwind.com. Okay, here's here's the quotes, and this is from Bill Hastings' article. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes Bill goes by Bill Hastings. Uh, But this is really good from Bill. He talked to Barry Switzer. And with Oklahoma leaving to the SEC in the summer of 2024, quote, I'm concerned. I know what it'll look like. It'll look like we're playing Texas every bleeping week. You've got to be good. I don't know if we're good enough right now. We'll have to get better on defense. Now, I think it's fair to say, Josh, he's specifically talking about football here. But it goes on. It's going to be hard to do. I'm concerned. I want to, I want someone to raise their hand in a couple of years and say, I'm the one who took us to the SEC. I don't know who made the decision, how it was made, or what was involved. I think it's one of the major reasons why Lincoln left. He wasn't involved, so he got the bleep out of here. Um, there, was, there was more. You, you want me to go on? You want to react to any of that? No, keep rolling, and we can react to all of it. People say that they don't like the way Riley left. How did you want him to leave? You want him to call call the team together and say, hey, I'm quitting. This is my last game. Now let's go out there and play hard. You don't do that. Why is OU going to the SEC? Money. Why did Lincoln Riley leave? Money. Of course, uh, we had Barry on during the football season in part of our our pregame show and and he's great as always but this was this was his reaction to the six and seven season quote i'm certainly disappointed the defense i didn't think we fell off that much from the year before with players maybe we did i don't know 
I think the concern that he raises about the SEC, Josh, and by the way, the full article, I'll tweet it right now so everyone can uh, have easy access to it. Um, I mean, I hear that a lot from people. Not, I hope someone raises their hand. Not, not, not to that degree, right, but just because I think Joe C. will probably raise his hand and say, I, I was the guy who said this. I think Joseph Harris would too. Um, and I think Bob Stoops would say, hey, I, I think it's a great idea for the future of this program. Um, but I can, what Barry has said, Josh, what Coach Switzer has said, what the King has said, is what you'll hear from quite a few people, specifically fa- some fans that are a little bit worried about making sure they get to the level where they need to be, game in and game out, night in and night out, sport in and sport out, facility in and facility out. And in my mind, I mean, we're, we're acting like the SEC is 16 juggernauts. You know, it's not. Um, you, you're going to get challenged just like you were by – kansas state and by teams in the big 12 but obviously there's going to be that annual meeting with the alabamas and the georgias and now what tennessee is doing which is a much different level than anything that you've seen in the big 12 but i'm i think the sooners are going to be up for the task i'm ready to see it but i also can understand coaches take because that seems to be where a lot of the concern is from people right well i'm floored by all of it i was surprised by all of it the king is entitled to the king's opinion. And obviously what Switzer says is always going to resonate and it's always going to hold weight here in Oklahoma. I do think that it lends itself to people being maybe a little bit more pessimistic about the future. So that part, you know, I'm not crazy about. But again, it's Barry Switzer's opinion and he's entitled to uh, whatever he genuinely feels. I do think uh, it's obvious just reading the comments there, Plank, Barry Switzer liked Lincoln Riley. And, look, sure. there's, there's nothing wrong with that. A bunch of people, I'm sure, that were close with Lincoln Riley liked Lincoln Riley. It, it seems and reads to me like he's still disappointed Lincoln Riley is gone. I don't know if they had just a close relationship or, or he thought that Lincoln Riley was uh, going to be a part of a bright future for Oklahoma. But it reads that way to me. The other, the other just glaring takeaway for me is it just doesn't sound like Barry Switzer. I'm shocked that, right. again, it came from him because it just flies in the face of anything that I feel like we've known Barry Switzer to be. So that that part to me is surprising that he wouldn't say, you know, dang it, we're Bring Oklahoma and we're going to the SEC and we're, believe it or not, we're going to beat all of them because this is Oklahoma. It, it, the fact that it's the opposite and it's, hey, I'm concerned, was surprising to me. Yeah, it's a real, you know what? I guess I kind of looked at it. From a few of just this is a very fan-based conversation. There is not, there's not a single person, even whenever we're having a dinner or or, or a lunch or I don't know, setting up equipment, whatever it might be. This isn't from anybody within the administration, the athletic department. I don't think anyone's like, oh, I don't know about this. I think everyone's left lane, hammer down, balls to the wall, excited about it. Right, and we're going to do whatever it takes to be elite because, by God, we're Oklahoma. Um, but if you were to hear a lot of fans, and Barry talks to a lot of people still, he talks to a lot of—I mean, a lot of people, right? And everyone wants his time. So you're right; it's kind of unBarry-like. In a we're Oklahoma, and Lincoln Riley, you want to leave and go somewhere else? Guess what? Someone's out. Someone even this is going to be number one for a lot of people on their job. And you're right; it is kind of a. A break from character. You watch. You don't watch wrestling, right, Josh? I see USC Brian is on hold. He, if, if you watched wrestling, you always have, like, the 
the Roman, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, right now. You go back to whenever there was Rick Nature, the Nature Boy, woo, styling and profiling right. Rolex watches, right? Now, could you imagine if if Ric Flair did one of his promos and it was like, yeah, well, you know, I just um, I'm going to try to keep it low key here today. We're just going to go out there and we're going to fight hard and 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 we're just going to we're going to wrestle. And it's like Ric Flair, all right. Or could you imagine like the ultimate bad guy suddenly like, I don't know, freaking out because one of his one of his fans said they didn't like him. It's like what? I mean, like like this to me that is that kind of break from character. It's like there's Barry. The big bad bring on all comers, and all of a sudden he's like, Ugh, I don't know about this. You're right, Josh. That is, that's different. That's 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 odd. That's hard to put your arms around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, I, it's truly how he's feeling. He's not BSing Bill here. No, and and you know Bill, I think pretty well, right, Plank? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I do. And and I've talked to Bill. You know, I'm not going to sit here and claim to know him as well as other people that have reported alongside him or have known him for years right. and years and years. But we've talked a decent amount because he's come on this radio station. Sure. Uh, and just my general perception of Bill, Bill didn't leave quotes out where Barry Switzer no. was optimistic. I mean, he this yeah, is how no, no, Barry no. feels. You're right. I, and I'm glad you brought that up. Bill is a columnist. And listen, I mean, come on, man. You can Google up. There were some kneecaps I took from him early in my career that left me wondering, the hell did I do? So I, I would have every reason to be jaded and say, I wonder what he left out. That's not Bill. He's not that dude. He wouldn't do that, right? So if someone is like, I wonder what the full story is, right? I wonder what Coach really said. I don't think that this was edited for content. I, and I think Barry would tell you that's how he feels. All right, let's break. We're going to give USC Brian some time and you at 405-329-9000 when we come back. And, of course, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. This is the home of Sooner fans. We're live at Riverwind Casino on a Tuesday, and USC Brian is on the ref. Good morning, USC Brian. What's going on, man? It is always good in the neighborhood my brother from another mother. You know, I I sent you that story when I read it because I said, Plank got to see this story. And what you think? You know, oh, I agree with him 100%. But, you know, there is a reason why I think he said that. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion of why I think he said it because if there's one coach I always respected at OU was Barry Switzer. Because Barry feared nobody. He would play anybody, anytime, any place. Just set the time, set the place. He'd bring his boys, you bring your boys, and we'll see who's the toughest and who's left standing. That's the way he that's the way he coached. You know? And so I truly believe that Switzer would have gone for the SEC if he had time to make relationships in that area where he threw a recruit because that was one of his things. He had, he had recruiting uh, areas all over the country, but he had made relationships in those, in those areas where he'd get the best players. I think that's what he worries about. We don't have enough relationships in the area where the SEC usually recruits. So therefore, you know, we may be going in there blind and we end up, Man, end up paying for it for the next five years. That's what I think he thinks. But see, I respect Barry because 
Barry was the last coach that had a home and home with my boys. He didn't fear them either. And I remember one game that 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 OU came to the Coliseum and Steve Davis was was the starting quarterback. They ended up playing to a 7-7 tie. The next year, USC plays them again. And it was in the Coliseum. It was 31-30 USC by student body right. The next game, and you can look this one up, Plank, at the it was 1982. 82, OU had a record of never being shut out since 1966. Who was the team that came to Norman and broke that record? USC. They shut them out 12 nothing. Since then, no coach, and since Switzer left, no coach wants to have a home-and-home with USC, especially after the Orange Bowl debacle where USC beat OU 55-19. You know, it's one of those things where you can't be scared of nobody. And that's what I respect. That's what worries me about this comment. Yeah, hey, I got to run, Brian. It's great to hear your voice, kind of. Have a great rest of your day, brother. Um, it's, it's funny. I always tell, I always joked with USC, Brian. I'm like, you know what? You should make your return. You would be the ultimate heel right now on sports radio. But now he's saying things, and I'm getting – I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on just a minute here. I don't think this is about dodging USC. I think that's the most distur- – nah, there's no such thing as disturbing, concerning. It's like – like I said, if what if Ric Flair walks out and he's just wearing, you know, a, a a polo and a blue jean pair of blue jeans? He's like, "Hi guys, I'm Rick. Nice to meet. Nice to meet. I'm Rick. I'm Rick. No, you're it's not who? Violent thing, not me. No, I'm Rick. You can call me Richard if you want. I mean, it's like you're Barry Switzer, man. If, you don't give an s where we're going. We got Oklahoma across our chest. We're gonna play anyone anywhere. Softball next on the Plank Show.